This episode of The Illustrious Gentleman has been sponsored by the Super Serious 616 Podcast. In 1961, the Fantastic Four returned from space and the world changed forever. Over the next year, the Earth experienced three alien attacks, the destruction of Lower Manhattan, and the reemergence of ancient gods. Super Serious 616 is the podcast that covers it all from the inside. What would it be like to live in that world? Join Ed and Mike as they ask questions no one else is asking. Is Iron Man a good use of shareholder capital? Subscribe at Super Serious 616 or wherever you get your podcasts. What do you need? Nothing. All right. (laughs) Okay. All right. This is episode 216 of The Illustrious Gentleman, and we're recording today from Flying Bassett Brewing in Gilbert, Arizona, uh, on the corner of... What? I was showing everybody. Oh. On the corner of uh, Cooper and Ray, if you live in the valley. Um, It's our first time here. They're nice people. They're letting us. They're letting us set up uh, about an hour and twenty minutes before they even open. Um, if you hear some noise in the background, that's them. They're currently brewing. Um, so yeah, go to fly, I think it's flyingbassetbrewing.com, but I'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, Scott, what did you opt for? The blackberry sour, six point two twelve IBU. It's very good. I know you're not a sour guy. No, I'm not. Thanks, man. Oh, dude. Appreciate Fantastic. that. Thank you. Yeah, I'm not yeah. usually not usually a sour guy. No, no. They're um, they're different. I don't know. I think they're fun. Yeah, they're different, right? They're fun. Yeah, they're different. All right, and I chose something I saw on their website that I knew I was going to get the second I walked in the door. It's called the fucking Catalina Beer Mixer. It's a cold brew brown ale. Um, it's a collab with Sweet Sweets Cold Brew. Um, so dark chocolate flavors, subtle roast, cold brew, uh, delicious already. I've had a couple sips. All right. So again, thanks to Flying Bassett Brewing, which uh, I think I was telling you, Scott, the owner is a pilot, uh, and they have Bassett Hounds. Yeah, I don't. You can't see it here. There's a giant logo above the bar. Right. Yeah. Of a Bassett Hound with uh, aviation goggles on. Uh, yeah, the second, uh, we've only done maybe four or five of these uh, in-brewery recordings, and this is the second one with a the dog theme. Mm. Yes, true. That's right. Is there another one? Yeah, episode 100. No, like is there another one we haven't done? Oh, I'm sure there is. I don't know. Um, okay, so uh, we've, we've gotten through all that. Uh, Tig Talk. I don't really have anything. I haven't watched anything other than sports and stuff I've already talked about, like Mr. In-Between, right. stuff like sports. that, uh, which I'm waiting for Mr. In-Between to finish before I actually talk about it. Um, I, think I started uh, Vice Principals, I think, on your recommendation. Yeah. I gave it three episodes. Oh, I think on. I'm done. Oh, it, it gets dark it, towards the end of the first oh, season. Oh, it gets dark. Yeah. Yeah, it's not yeah. dark now. <laughs> yeah, Danny McBride being Danny McBride. Too much Danny McBride. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He he plays the same character so often that you kind of just think it's him. Right. 
yeah, and I, I'm, I, I don't know, Walton Goggins. I'm waiting much. for his character to be something other than the worst human being alive. Oh well, then maybe you should skip Vice Principals and jump right into Righteous it, Gemstones. I, is that also a Danny McBride, Jody yeah. Hill show? Yeah. Is it? It's the same crew. Okay, that's disappointing, so I'm not going to check it out. But you should because uh, Walton Goggins plays a minister, like a like a televangelist minister who's fallen on hard times. Baby Billy. I'm not going to. Oh, it's so good. Um, it's It suffers from a lot of the same things all of his other things suffer from, where it's all just surface level stuff there's nothing beyond bad people just being bad people there's there's no remorse or trying to get better or there was a hint of that in eastbound and down in early seasons but right. then they just let it go and let danny mcbride do his thing and it, yeah a couple of weeks ago maybe a week and a half ago it was uh game three of the sun's uh the sun's bucks and uh we did a live stream that I don't think anybody watched and didn't turn out too good. Uh, but uh, Gavin Gidry is a comic book artist. He was on the live stream with us. We were shooting the shit. And he sound, he's, his voice sounds like Danny McBride's voice. And so I kept like, and I mentioned it to him. And then he's like, I don't think that's a compliment. And I said, it's totally a compliment. But I, I would agree with him. <laughs> oh, it's definitely a compliment. Um, yeah, I enjoyed, I said, I, I enjoyed all of them, but I think I enjoyed... Uh, yeah, maybe Vice Principals was third. Righteous Gemstones was second. But yeah, it does. If you, especially if you binge them, it gets old quick. Like the shtick and the the rhythm of the show can get old if you binge it. I bet. Yeah, it, I bet. I, I bet. I would have liked it more had I watched it week by week. It's. It's. It, what he does, and I'm gonna call it him because he's the same in everything. It's a combination of the shock and cringe humor. And it's uh, the only thing I compare it to is like uh, Michael Scott, right, or or uh, David Brent on The Offices, except that there were actual people underneath those. And Daniel McBride is just a total shit, just constantly. There, there's no redeeming quality. There's no introspection. It's just mean to be mean, right? And it being 2021 i think you just label it as problematic and you move on yeah i could see that i actually thought uh, he he might be his most redeemable in vice principles i mean walton That's goggins shocking. is walton goggins is terrible in oh, that show small. but <laughs> but but well, i but i think for the most I part i'm expecting it. It, it the first scene and the first episode is those two with bill murray I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be this thing where these couple of guys are spending the series vying for this job and, you know, undercutting each other and doing all this crazy shenanigan right. shit. And it's just awfulness. It's just these two white guys being as awful as they can to this black woman. <laughs> so I'm out. Uh, she gets her. There's a seat. There's an episode. Maybe you should skip to the episode where she just gets hammered and i guess that's problematic too it's terrible, but it's uh she's that that's a funny ass episode ass episode when they get her when she gets hammered on jen it's just a lot of yelling the f word for no other reason than to be yelling the f word like that's that's the comedy part suburbs are turning you into a square yeah uh all right i'm gonna jump to some comics 
talk real quick. Uh, so a couple nights ago, I got a message from uh, Chris Schweizer, who said that he was drinking out of his illustrious gentleman shot glass that I gave him a couple years ago at Heroes, and uh, he thought he would send along uh, some some issues of his new book with uh, Kyle Stark. So he sent me four PDFs of the first four issues of the Six Sidekicks of Trigger Keaton. Uh, like I said, he drew it. I assume he colored it. Uh, Kyle Starks uh, wrote it. And uh, I say I assume because the PDFs were just the interior pages, no covers, no credits or anything. Um, and so uh, I, I, I read them the other day. And uh, normally, like, I'm a superhero guy through and through, and those are the kind of books I read. Uh, so this isn't something I normally would have picked up off the, the, the shelf, even though I like Chris's cartooning. And I was really, like, into it. Like, I was really impressed at how... Like, I actually chuckled a couple times. I never do that in comics. Like, I don't read comedy comics. I don't read funny comics. Because? Because cause I hate to laugh and I hate joy. Uh, but this one, I couldn't stop myself. I chuckled a couple times. It's got some great characters. Um, I really enjoyed Chris's cartooning in it. Like I said, I've, I've always liked his art. But I don't, I'm not super familiar with this in, his sequential art. But it's great. It's great. And uh, super entertaining. And is also super inspiring to see, like, Oh, you can do like a really cartoony style in a book and make it work, even if it's like not a, a book for kids, because it's definitely not a book for kids. Um, so children out there, get your parents' permission before you go pick up The Six Sidekicks of Trigger Keaton. It's by Image. I don't know how many issues are I think maybe one or two issues are out now. Uh, but yeah, it's great. I'm definitely going to pick up the trade when it gets collected. Uh, so thanks for that, Chris. And cheers, buddy. He's like a giant of him. He's like a Paul Bunyan of a dude. Yeah. He builds shit. He's like a man's man. He's like you, but taller and it's like the bounty guy. Does more stuff. Okay, so uh, anything else on TikTok? I'm trying to think if I've done anything in the last week. I don't know. I went out for, oh, I went and saw the Bourdain documentary Roadrunner on mm. Saturday. Um, it, was, it was our anniversary date. Was it emotional for you? No. It no? was kind of a bummer. Like, uh, I didn't think about it beforehand, but when I got there and I saw the credits open up, it was co-produced by C it was like a CNN film, which makes sense. Cause they have all the footage for his last show, Sure, but it ended up just being like a, like a protracted episode of parts unknown with like just people talking about him. So there was less, I thought there'd be more people talking about what Anthony did for them and stuff like that. But it was really just like two celebrity or like a celebrity chef, Dave Chang, who's a friend, uh, artist David Cho, who's a friend, a couple musicians, and then the rest were like people on his crew, you know, like his producers and his cameramen and stuff like that. Like, yeah. I thought it'd be more people like from his past, maybe that like they impacted his life or whatever, and it, it was none of that. Um, so it was okay, but it wasn't. Uh, hmm. I just saw him in The Big Short. He was in that movie? Yeah. As, but, as a celebrity. So, himself, what, what they do since the. Uh, the ins and outs of mortgage and banking and finance are so fucking boring. They do these little interludes where they have different people come in and tell you about a specific thing. Okay. So yeah, they, they're like, Oh, and here's David Bourdain. No, <laughs> I, uh, Anthony. Anthony Bourdain talking about, you know, fucking CDOs or something. Uh, yeah. That's funny. They have Margot Robbie in a bathtub and, oh. you know, now give me Anthony Bourdain in a bathtub, and then I'll check that movie out. David uh, Bourdain. Yeah, that movie. I was always... thinking David Boreanaz. <laughs> uh, I get them you got, mixed yeah, up. Yeah, you got Angel on your mind. 
yeah, that movie doesn't seem to do like I don't have any desire to see that movie because I feel like it'll just upset me and or bore me. It is infuriating. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And I'm a guy who benefited from that whole. I mean, I got into a house with no money down and I walked away from a house with no penalty. Like right. I really benefited from the whole housing boom, um, except that I don't own a home. Not that I'm not that I'm bothered by that at all. Uh, yeah, but it wasn't as uh, I thought it was going to be more. Yeah. Of what made what made uh, Anthony what made Bourdain tick, and it was less that and more about like this is how we like to work. We did this. I mean, mm-hmm. there was some of that, but or maybe I'm just broken inside, and maybe other people did get more emotional stuff out of it. Uh, they did. Uh, they did lean heavy against. Uh, his last relationship, which was kind of his downfall, a lot of people think. Although one guy did come on and say, you can't blame anybody. He killed himself. You can't blame anybody. But, uh, yeah, they, they really threw Asia Argento under the bus pretty heavily in this documentary. Hmm. Um, but it was weird to see him, like, uh, not to compare myself to him, but when he got into this new relationship with a much younger, very attractive woman, they showed him becoming like a kid again, like a teenager again. Like, is that a bad thing? No, but like, you know, he was uh, like overbearing in their relationship. He was always like hanging on her and like, you know, not giving her space kind of when they're both public figures and both travel and all that stuff. It seemed like he was being clingy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and even he like, he would like giggle at stuff and like, he was just acting like a teenager again. And I can see, I see that in myself. Like uh, when I'm super excited about something, I'm like a kid again, like, whether it's like a woman or a project, well, that's or supposed anything. to be a good thing. Yeah, it's supposed to be a good thing, but I think it in, in this case it wasn't necessarily a good thing for like a sixty-year-old man mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I saw that. We ate some uh, mediocre Japanese food. Overpaid for some drinks. We're at a bar, and then because we we're going to go see the Bourdain documentary, I thought I should get like a bourbon. You know, try to be classy. So I look over and all I see is Jack and Jim, and so. I asked her, I said, do you have Evan Williams? And she's like, no. And then she's like, no, sorry. And I was like, I don't think you're sorry. Like, nobody has it, but you should. Over Jim Beam, you should carry Evan Williams and Jack, you know? Um, and I'm like, well, what's your well whiskey? And she, like, chuckled to herself, shuffled over to, like, where I couldn't see, and then comes back with a plastic bottle with a sticker label on it. So it's so ghetto that it's, like, it looked like, <laughs> you know those, like, when you when you – if you're in a grocery store or a convenience store and you get like the, the salt, the flavored salt for margaritas and the little plastic bottles, mm-hmm. it looked like that, but a giant, a big bottle of whiskey. And then I'm like, I'll take a gym. And she's like, yeah, most people go that way. Um, it was fine. It was like seven fifty, which I thought was a bit pricey for Jim Beam. But uh, my wife got some cocktail that was like $12. So I was like, okay, there we are. But yeah, that was my Saturday. I didn't do anything else special. Didn't watch anything special. Uh, other than sports, do you have anything else before we get into sports? No, let's just talk about sports. What a bummer last night was. Uh, you know, the, the worst part, okay, so the Suns lose the Bucks in six games. I feel like we're a sports podcast now. Uh, what a bummer the last, like, handful of games are because we didn't play well. Like, you win nine games, you're playing well, and then all of a sudden you lose four and you start playing like shit. Um I wonder if it, I like I'm, I, the way I think because of the way I would do it is after two games I would be like we got this we got this yeah I would start celebrating and maybe that happened a little bit they, they took their foot off the pedal to use another sports theme you can chalk it up to whatever you want right so it, yeah it could be that it could be a young team 
smelling themselves and just throwing everything out. Yeah. It could be, um, like I said last night, I messaged you guys, like it could be just Monty Williams getting out coached. When it happens in four straight games, that's not, they're just not playing well. That's the Bucks have figured them out and right. turned them off. Yeah, I mean, it was just, and also, if uh, if CP3 had an injury that was, because he was making uncharacteristic turnovers, he like dribbled off his foot in game five, just, he was he was passing up open layups last night to try to stick it back out to the three-point line, made me just think, like, uh, maybe he's injured, but if he's injured, why didn't he tell his team and they could put in Mikael Bridges, who could, or Mikael Bridges, who could sink the ball all night, like, they really stuck with that starting five for, I think, way too much the last couple games. Like, what's his name with the cool hair? Cam Johnson. That guy can rain threes all day. He barely saw the court last night. Um, yeah, I don't know. There there was just something about the way they played over the last handful of games, obviously, specifically the last four. where <laughs> Those were the key four. Where I think because it has happened so many times for them, they just believe that, It'll just work out. We'll just keep throwing up shots. Right. One of us will get hot. Contested shots. We'll keep throwing up bad shots. We'll keep settling for the not greatest option, but it'll just work out because it has. Right. Yeah. They were doing a lot of, when I was at the gym the other day, I was watching Hoosiers or I was reading the subtitles of Hoosiers and uh, I'd never seen that movie. I don't really care to see that movie, Um, but there's a scene in it where he's like telling them like you don't shoot the ball until you've passed at least four times or something like that. And it seems like they were going out of their way, the Suns, to like I said, it wasn't just Chris Paul. Several of them were giving up layups or giving up mid range shots to kick it back out to the three point line. And I don't know if that's a strategy to slow the game down or what, but it seemed it to, to lose a game by like eight points or whatever, and then to see that how many times they gave up on shots and passed it out. Yeah, it. I, I think it's the reverse of the stuff that they believed was going to happen. They had been on the right side of so many of these ugly right. sort of flip-flop games where their number just got called. Yeah. And it, it, it was going to happen where if, if you stay close and you just go back and forth, back and forth, they had a streak of, Winning those games. Yeah, winning those games. Right. And this was just the universe evening itself out. Yeah, and I, sh- I, I should say, I don't, I haven't watched, ba- I, I'm a, I guess I am a bandwagon fan. The last time I religiously watched the Suns were the Steve Nash years yeah. when they were good. Yeah. Uh, so, but, um, so I'm talking like I know what I'm talking about, but I definitely don't. Uh, all right. So do you, so, but also, uh, uh, Giannis had a historic game. Like he, What'd you he, say? Giannis, 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 Giannis had a had a an historic game. I mean, he he made he put up numbers that have never been recorded since they started recording like blocks like fifty something years. Yeah, ago. I I was at my niece's birthday party yesterday while the game started. I didn't get home until the fourth quarter started, and I was sitting there, and my thirteen year old was sitting next to me who never watches sports. And he's like, thirty four is a fucking nightmare. Yeah, I, and he's and he's like from what I read about him, he's like a great guy. Like he, 
he seems adorable in, in all the ways that a 28 year old seven <laughs> right can be he adorable. got his brother on the team yeah you know? he I, I read a tweet like a tweet to a story that like when he got his first paycheck by the bucks in 2013 he went to western union and sent the full amount to his family back in greece and then could couldn't get to the game he had a bum a ride with like a fan because he literally had no money because he sent it all back to greece yeah i think what is it? I, I think I had read something where in Greece, growing up, he and his brother had to share a pair of sneakers for basketball so they'd trade and then go play. And so now after every game, he donates a pair of sneakers to something or other. I don't know. I don't care because he is who he is and he plays where he plays. Right. And I'm sure he's the best human being, but fuck that guy right now. All right. Well, do you believe in? Uh, so, do you believe in uh, curses? No, not like uh, externally motivated curses. Right. I believe in self sabotage. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of what happened this yeah. year. A yeah, bit of that's totally what happened. But also, it could just be that being on the west, the two of us who didn't watch a lot of basketball this year, and then being uh, West Coast guys, maybe the Bucks were this good the whole season. I just didn't know because they're the Bucks. I think they got lucky in getting past the Nets. Yeah, someone tweeted out a photo, and uh, I guess they they lost one game by, or they won one game by one point, and Kevin Durant's toe was on the three point line. So a call that was originally a three pointer got right. used to a two point. And and during the regular season, I guess the Suns won both of the games, but each just by, by one, one point. point. Right. So the writing was on the wall. Oh, yeah. Fuck. All right. Um, yeah, but like you said, I I didn't watch a single Suns regular season game no, going into in this, but I'm super upset today. <laughs> right. All right. Well, I pulled some numbers, and some some of these I had to do math on my own, so take them with a grain of salt here. Arizona has four major. I only took the four major teams, four major sports. Right. Traditional four major sports. It's probably not the same now, but growing up for me, it was hockey, baseball, basketball, football, uh, and then I only took the years. I only added in the years the Coyotes and the Cardinals were in Arizona. So not franchise numbers, but Arizona numbers. Okay. Which don't get me started. If you move the franchise, you should the franchise should reset. But it, that does whatever. Okay. So four major teams in Arizona have with combined with approximately a combined 134 years in the valley. Okay. 134 competitive seasons mm-hmm. for these four teams. One championship. Yeah. If you include the Mercury in there, then it becomes 158 years and four championships, which doesn't sound much better, but it sounds a lot better. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I don't believe, I don't necessarily believe in curses, but I do believe that players come here to retire and they come here to have fun, and I think that has something to do with. I think it has something to do with it because we've had a lot of superstars come through the valley. I mean, Gretzky coached here. Shaq played here. Sure. Uh, uh, who else at the end of their career? Brett Hole played here at the end of his career. Did he? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I didn't Gretzky. know that. Yeah. Yeah. Emmett Smith was a Cardinal. Yeah. So a lot of guys come here at the end of their Edron careers. James. Uh, I know he was upset when they got good because that's exactly what he wanted to do was just come here and make money and not play. Um, so I think maybe there is something to the fact that the media here is too soft on the teams. Like they don't, they're not like East Coast media where they're hammering you about your play and there's a lot of pressure on teams. I don't think there's a lot of pressure on ownership in Arizona. 
you don't see people at Cardinals games wearing bags on their heads or like those games always sell out. The Diamondbacks, I just saw like the lowest they've ever been in attendance is like 13th. Like they always have good attendance. Uh, and then you have fans from other teams selling a lot of those tickets. So when you go to a game in Arizona, yeah, there's, there's a lot of visitors. I'll agree with that part. Yeah, because everybody here is from somewhere else. It's like right. Las Vegas. Yeah, totally. But I don't know. They, we don't have historically bad teams, though. We just don't. We just don't win the a, title game. You I'll know? do a, a year hazy IPA draft. Do you want the uh, session or the the full one? Okay, gotcha. I don't know. I'm kind of over IPAs. Uh Ooh, a prickly pear ghosts. Please. Thanks, man. Who the fuck are you drinking sours and ghosts? You know. <laughs> All right. I'm expanding my horizon. There you go. Uh, I was like, oh. Okay, so other than the Diamondbacks this year, we have not had historically bad teams. Uh, no. We but, haven't had an own 16 Lions. We haven't had an own 16 Browns. No, but I got some numbers here that. Okay, going to shoot glasses. some holes. Yeah, and... I think a little bit. All right, let's um, have them. So before we get into that, according to an article from sportscasting.com, oh, everyone knows that website. You got I love it, it. Saved on your browser. This was in 2017. Um, Phoenix is number two on a list of on the list they made of cities that almost never win sports championships. Okay. And it was an average of, kind of what I said, an average of like 130 years to okay. each championship. The only team ahead, what would be the only city worse than us, you think, in this and well, it's, it's, Cleveland it, only has the one. Oh no, they have bas- they have two basketball championships in the last like decade, don't they? they have one, one. But I think the Browns were good in like the fifties or sixties. Um, there's another there's another city that pretty has, Super Bowl, I think. That, there's another city that oh, has. Thanks, uh, thanks, man. Um, that historically has had four major teams or the four major okay. sports who has never won a championship. Never won a championship. Oh, that's Never. not true. They won one in baseball in the 90s. Atlanta. Yes. So Atlanta is number one, uh, and it talks about the Braves championship. In the, sure, in the, 90s, the one, the one out the of however many yeah, years. Yeah, four right. maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I think I think Atlanta is ahead of Phoenix more. For, they've lost two hockey teams. Really, Atlanta and Phoenix are ahead of Cleveland. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I don't know. It was just I'd have to pull the list back up on sportscasting.com. Cities that almost never. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for the Red Wings, I'm sure Detroit would be right up pretty there. high on that list. Yeah, and so I feel like it, because my entire extended family comes from Georgia, I feel like I brought the curse from Georgia <laughs> to Arizona because any team I've ever rooted for, and I, I can't really take the Diamondbacks into that because I didn't even start following them in 2001 until it was like Game Four of the World Series. Don't mm. look like we might actually win, just because baseball to me is. Oh, I was on the Diamondbacks from day one. Baseball's the worst. I was there for that first terrible season. Ever. So I can honestly say no team I've ever rooted for Mm, has ever won a championship, no matter where I've lived. Um, But some more numbers, and we'll get back to that. Uh, Okay, so the the Cardinals as a franchise in Arizona are 215 and 310. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I buy that. 
and uh, they were founded in 1898 and are tied with the Detroit Lions as having the longest NFL championship drought at 61 years. Which is all 61 of the Super Bowl years. Yes. 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 But going back, they've never won a championship in any of their leagues, going back to 1898. The Cardinals? Yeah. No, that's not true. Well, maybe. Oh, maybe. I not. don't believe that. No, they they won a, won a championship in the 40s, I want to say. They? Yeah. What, what league is that? Like Silver Sneakers? Or whatever league, or, the fuck yeah, it was. The Mall Walkers 500? Yeah. Um, the okay. all-white league. Right. The Diamondbacks. Historically, under 500, 1817 to 1904. They have almost oh, 100 wow. more losses historically than they have. Well, over the course of... 20s, whatever, how long they've been right. since 98. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Still, so I buy that. Losing franchise, Cardinals losing franchise. That's a different... That's, that's being five games under every 500 year. every year. That's right. not terrible. But still, uh, the Coyotes, shockingly enough, have a winning Are record. you kidding me? Well, if you only take in wins and losses. Yeah. 829 to 808 huh. since 1986. But there's a 200 combined mixes of overtime losses and ties in there. So if you take those into account, then we're like 1,000 to 808. Yeah, win's like a win. Um and the Coyotes, my Coyotes, who are going into a rebuilding phase, uh, 42 years without a cup, fifth, fifth longest in the NHL, but never had a cup, all going back to Winnipeg. Sure. Um, and they came into the league, I think, in 1980 or 1979. Uh, well, lots of teams who came over in the merger. Have the, the Sabres WHA. won a cup? They haven't won no, it. Oh, no. They should have won a cup, but Brett Hull's he was, uh, his foot was, in the, was in the crease. Should have been called back. Fuck the Dallas Stars. Uh, but 42 years, that's fifth longest. The Maple Leafs haven't won a cup in 54 years. That's a shame. And they won't until they send us Austin Matthews. And then the luck will shine on them and we'll have Austin Matthews. Arizona Porton Red. <laughs> um, the Suns, not surprisingly, the most successful Valley team. Sure. Uh, 2,271 and 2,008. So still only like 160-something games over 500. They make the playoffs more than half the time. 30 playoff appearances in 52 years. 52 years without a championship is third longest in the NBA. Kings are at 69 years. Wow. And I think there's another team at 60-something years. But third longest. Who did they lose to in the finals, the Kings? They lost to... uh, What year was it? It would have been like... Gretzky would have made it. No, no, no. I'm talking about basketball. Oh, sorry. Sacramento Kings. Sacramento Kings. 69 years without a cup. Yeah, okay. LA, Sacram- LA Kings just Sacramento, won a Sacramento, who the LA fuck Kings knows just won a where Sacramento team. is or if they have a team? Yeah, actually, when I read it, I was like, that, there's a Sac- Sacramento has a basketball team? The only, no, I, only way I know that team is Chris Weber choked his coach. That's the only reason I know that <laughs> That's team That's the wrong exists. guy. <laughs> what? No, was, huh? Yeah. Chris Weber choked his no, coach, No, it was right? Latrell Sprewell. Oh, sorry, Chris. And I think it was the Warriors. Oh. Well, I apologize to everyone in Sacramento and to uh, Chris. <laughs> Wasn't he one of the Duke? He's one of the four Duke guys. Oh, my God. Yeah. So bad. No, he was a Michigan guy. Was he was he? one of the, the big five. Jesus. Okay, whatever. Speaking of Michigan, uh, Owen Power is going to be the number one pick this year yeah, in the cares? NFL draft. <laughs> who cares? He's a Michigan guy. College hockey is a thing, he's for going, real. He's going to the Sabres, sadly. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we have four main teams. And, again, obviously the Mercury are a great team. But they've still won three. I mean, you think of them as one of the better WNBA teams, three championships in like 26 years. So it's not like they're a dominant, dominant team. 
and then we can't even take the Rattlers. The Rattlers are probably the most dominant. That's true. Arizona franchise. They've won like Danny seven, White's Rattlers. six or seven uh, arena league. Are they? They still exist. I think it folded. Did it? I don't the know. Arena league. I never went to a game, but I now at my yeah. I don't now, think I've ever been to a game. Now when I can afford to go to games and not, don't have like kids or whatever at home, I feel like now I would totally be in a Rattler. I would be a Rattlers guy right now. Would you? Yeah. I don't know. It's it's weird to think that you could throw a touchdown from one end zone to the other end zone. That's so fucking cool, man. I, I guess. It. I love it. Like when I was a kid and I played soccer, I was a fan of the MISL, Major Indoor Soccer League, because you, you there's no out of bounds. You could just bounce. Past. It's like hockey. You mm. can bounce the ball I used off. to work at a place that did that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but now that I think about the Arena League, I think about Kurt Warner, and I think about the new movie starring Zachary Levi and Dennis Quaid about Kurt Warner's life. Wait, Shazam is gonna wait. Chuck is gonna be. He's gonna Kurt be Warner? Kurt Warner. Yeah. I heard about that, but I just thought it was gonna be like a lifetime movie. I didn't know it had. Yeah, real Dennis Quaid is playing. Uh, who was the the Rams coach? Dick Vermeil. He just cried all the time. That's all I know about Dick Vermeil. Oh, I thought it was gonna be like a one of those old school football guys, like like Toe Toe Hugson or you know those kind of names. <laughs> right. Yeah. Thor Magnuson. Uh, Blue Caldwell. Yeah, sure. All right. So, what, what teams? So, here's a question. Then, what teams did you grow up watching? All right. Like, uh, what, what's your sport? What's your sports fan history? The first sport I was ever totally into was basketball. Uh, it probably started with the '92 '93 Suns because I would have been. 11 ish at the time. No, I don't remember. Did they go to seven games in the league? They went to six. So it's the same. So we, same. So we not last night. We, but they didn't win the first two. They didn't. So they didn't lose four straight. Right. 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 Um, but yeah, that was the uh, the third of the first three peat for the Bulls. Um, yeah. So I was into basketball after that. I. You have the Suns just because I live in Phoenix, but I was a big Charlotte Hornets guy. Because they were, you know, Alonzo Morning, yeah, and and uh, Larry Johnson, Grandmama, you know, <laughs> wait, wait, those just in commercials, or yeah, was that, yeah, yeah, he's wearing like a muumuu, right, like a like a house dress, <laughs> yeah, he's wearing a dress and an apron and shit and dunking on people. Yeah. So did you ever have a? Did you ever have one of the NBA jerseys with like cartoon characters on it? Did you ever have like a Disney NBA jersey or anything? No, I had a Charlotte Hornets Alonzo Morning jersey. It's still in my closet. Uh, and then I was a hockey guy after that because my whole family is from Detroit. And I got into hockey. That was before the Coyotes, uh, the Coyotes showed up. Right, but you got right in on the Detroit bandwagon of the mid-90s. Uh, yeah, I remember 96, them sweeping Eric Lindros and the Flyers. Uh, and then I think that was the season after they got swept by the Devils. No, the Devils were 94, no, 95, because the Rangers right. were 94. Right. Right. Yeah, so they got swept by the Devils in yeah. 95. They came back and swept the Phillies, yeah. or the Flyers. Flyers. Doesn't yeah, matter. in six. And then they won again in seven. Who did they beat in 97? I thought um, they won in 98. No, they did go back-to-back, 96, 97. Uh, fuck, I don't, I don't remember now. Line. Yeah, it doesn't they matter. They won three cups in a decade. It, it, yeah, it doesn't right. matter. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and then I think probably 
the Jake Plummer years, I started following football. That would have been about 2000-ish. Jake Plummer. Jake Snake. Jake the Snake. Yeah. Uh, I I liked it. Not that I give a shit about football, but I just liked that we drafted a hometown, like a college guy. In the second round, we got Jake Plummer. Um, like in my in my in my dumb head, I'm like, oh, he didn't even have to move. Yeah, we, like, how cool is that? I, yeah, I remember that season, like uh, I think beating the Vikings or something, the last game of the season to make the playoffs was the wild card, and then beating the Cowboys in the wild card round, which is super cool. Because uh, at the time, it was just five and eleven and four and twelve year after year after year. So that was a cool time. Um, fun fact about Jake Plummer: his fiance left him at the altar. Wow! Yeah, yeah. That is a fun fact. That is fun. <laughs> well, at least if you're Jake Plummer, I assume he was already a NFL perpetual player. underdog, Jake Plummer. <laughs> I mean, if you're already an NFL quarterback at that point, then at least you have the money to go drink your sorrows away, or maybe get on a private jet and go. Well, to the he was a second-round pick. So he's not swimming in it. I'm sure he has Southwest money to take a Southwest flight <laughs> to, you know, Cabo for a weekend. Coach. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'm sure he could beg one of the Bidwells to use one of their planes. Uh, yeah. But then he went to the Broncos and took the Broncos to the playoffs. So, I mean, solid enough quarterback in a time when having an elite quarterback was not an absolute necessity in the NFL. Yeah. He, yeah. he seemed to get a lot done with not as much talent as other people around him. Just straight moxie. Yeah. And snakeness. But um, he pioneered the mustache before it was cool again. So, uh, so it just means he was wearing what, it when it was not cool. What I'm saying is Aaron Rodgers is riding Jake Plummer's coattails. Yeah. Sure. Aaron Rodgers also famously broken up with by a super hot chick. Right. Right. And Danica Patrick. Wait, but wait, so, wait, wait a minute. There's a dig there. I wasn't meaning to disparage Danica Patrick, but she is not who we were talking about. No, no, we're talking about breaking hearts, Olivia Munn. But wow. good for him. He's with um, um, insurgents. Yeah, star star. Uh, not Kate, Kate Winslet. Had, had Hadley had had what? I she was supposed to play. Uh, Gwen Stacy. Oh really? I think what is her in name? the new Spider-Man movies. I don't remember. Uh, Shailene Woodley. Yes, I just saw a picture. I, whatever website it might have been Barstool or something that I follow, uh, but they were talking about like uh, Aaron Rodgers. Shailene Woodley, who claims she didn't really follow, she doesn't know football and didn't really know who he was, um, whatever. And uh, and Miles Teller, your favorite Reed Richards, and his <laughs> wife all went on vacation together, and they're just and it's so funny to think Isn't like he like twelve years older than all of them. I don't. Yes, yeah, he's like the grandpa. He's like the dude grilling, like he'll like you know the oldest guy always cuts the the chicken <laughs> like the turkey. He's doing that, you know. But uh, I, so I click through all the photos because I want to see how attractive Miles Teller's wife is and how attractive Miles Teller is, if I'm being honest. And uh, so I'm clicking through the photos. And like, I think that me and my friends, when we get out like on vacation and we're drinking, like we act immature and we're but we're in our 40s, but we're still doing like middle fingers and shit like that. 
and they're doing the same thing and they're all millionaires and i'm like oh it just it doesn't matter well they can just go to better places yeah yes they're just doing it like on a waterfall (laughs) like a tropic somewhere and i'm doing it in downtown Albuquerque. they're just grabbing their crotch in a mansion or something yeah right but it's funny to see like aaron Rodgers, who you would think would have an agent or like a he would have somebody that he employs who would tell him like don't make goofy faces and like uh make grab ass on instagram with like women and miles right. teller yeah didn't he ask the packers for like a 60-day window in the off season so he could host jeopardy is that a thing i don't know i hope so who the fuck wants that oh i would love to host jeopardy but i'm not i'm not quick enough. are you serious you gotta be quick at jeopardy it's not just reading cue cards you gotta be that's all it is you gotta be kind of like alex trebek people said was uh encyclopedic smart <laughs> yeah encyclopedia like he would apparently fact check his writers like he would read a card and be like that's not true huh. what is encyclopedic alex trebek <laughs> uh yeah so for me I, I was actually just on a so when i'm talking about like i got into the sun's playoff run this year i don't think i still watched a whole game because i would find myself on my phone or browsing because it really only comes down to the last like four minutes of the game yeah because like it, it, you look at a game, you look at a basketball game, you're like, oh, a 16-point lead. We'll get them next time. Are and you superstitious? Later, yeah. Okay. And then five minutes later, you'd be like, oh, we're tied up. And I wasn't even really paying attention. So last night, I was on this vintage T-shirts website, and they have, like, defunct sports teams, mm-hmm. like, t- websites yeah. and stuff. So I'm, like, searching for, like, St. Louis Steamers shit. So that's where I'm going. Like, my first sports that I followed was, like, like Stanley, major indoor soccer league, the St. Louis Steamers. Because my dad lived in St. Louis. Sorry, we all did. He lived with us. <laughs> he wasn't an absentee father. Except that one time he went to Korea for three months. But so he worked on the military base and they had all these like outreach programs. So he always got free tickets to all the local sporting events mm-hmm. as part of like being. Because there wasn't like a real military. It was a reservist base. So it wasn't like a real military base in town. But like we would always go. To, like we got a ton of Cardinals games. So I was a big St. Louis Cardinals mm, kid. Yeah. fan when I was a kid. Yeah. Like my... My babysitter took me to a friend of hers house and a friend of hers, or maybe my mom, a friend of my mom's was Willie McGee's wife. Willie McGee was a Cardinals player. Mm -hmm. Um, So like we were entrenched in St. Louis sports when I was a kid. So St. Louis Steamers, St. Louis Blues, and St. Louis Cardinals. I never went to a football game. Um, Well, they didn't have a football team. In the 80s? Well, I guess up until 88. Yeah, they had a team then. They were the Cardinals. Cardinals. Yeah. Um, but so like just, so I was a fan of these teams just by proximity and just, I mean, and especially like, uh, like the, the Cardinals tickets were hot. Like whoever was in the office with my dad, you know, there was always like, it's your rotation to get Cardinals tickets. Nobody wanted blues tickets. So we got to see a lot of blues games. I went to a lot of hockey games when I was like between like five and 10, I went to a ton of blues games. So I was a big St. Louis Blues guy. I had a signed stick at one point. I think I've told the story on the podcast, but Ooh. which story haven't I? But I had a signed stick at one point, and uh, it had been moved around from house to house and station to station. And then when I was like 20 or 21, I went to my dad's house to uh, – well, my mom and my dad's house. They're still together. He still hasn't left us. So I went to my parents' house, and uh, we were working on my car, and my car at that point didn't have a – what do you call it? the thing inside the hood wasn't there to hold the hood up. And so uh, I knew that I didn't have that in my car. I knew that I didn't have one of those. 
So we're working on the car, and I realized, like, oh, the hood's been up for, he must have stuck a two-by-four in there or something. And I look, and he had sawed my sign blue stick in half. <laughs> I was using the blue stick as the, as the hold up my hood of my car. Um, and then we moved, after that, we moved to California, Oceanside. And so we'd go to Padres games a lot. So I remember seeing, like, Tony Gwynn in his prime. Nice. You know, stuff like that. And then my luck, right after the, we left St. Louis, the Cardinals won the 86 World Series. I think it was 86 against the Royals because it was a big deal because they're, like, right next to each other. 85, I 85. think. 85, right? So it would have been the maybe the year I left, like, months after we got the – months after the curse of the Cody's left St. Louis, the Cardinals won a World Series. Uh, but, yeah, we'd go to Padres games. That was always fun. Um I always try to check in on the Atlanta team just because that's where my whole family grew up. But, like, I never gave a shit about the Hawks. Uh, they didn't have a hockey team then, and I definitely didn't give a shit about the Falcons. Um, but the Braves, so when the Braves had their run in the 90s, sure, we were yeah. all excited about yeah. that. All Chipper Jones fans because we're white and he's super white. So it's like, uh, what was <laughs> Not it? Andrew Jones, Chipper Jones. Well, I liked Andrew Jones too. Arguably the better Jones yeah. as a player. He was one of the best center fielders I ever saw. Right. Possibly as a human. I don't know. Chipper Jones seems like a guy right now who might not be vaccinated. Uh, Whereas <laughs> Andrew Jones is probably living on a beach somewhere fully vaxxed. Uh, every time I see, have you seen trailers for the Stillwater movie with Matt Damon? Yeah. Every time I see those, I'm like, Chipper Jones. <laughs> like, this is what he did. After I think he Brett retired. Favre. Favre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Favre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm Matt Damon. He's a chameleon because I saw another trailer where he's playing. Can't a... play the Dolphins, you dumbass. Uh, I saw another trailer with Matt Damon, and he, it's set in 13, 13th century France. It's a new Ridley Scott movie. Yeah. And he has a mullet. Yeah. And I'm like, he's a chameleon. One movie has a mullet, one movie he is a redneck. I guess a proud American. I shouldn't say redneck. I don't know his story. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie. Freedom loving America. Yeah. Yeah. There's a scene in the trailer. Where this lady's like, they're they're obviously in Europe, and this lady's like, you sound like an American right now. And he's like, good, good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got a goatee. Uh, so, and then when I lived in Okinawa, I wasn't, I it was all just base, it was all like Atlanta Brave shit. Because yeah. we only got one station there. It's hard to follow. TBS, sports. bro. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And so, like, the Armed Forces Network would only carry TBS, TNT, WGN, so you whatever, had to be a Cubs whatever fan. other T's. Yeah, but you had to be like those major networks. That's why everyone's a Cubs fan. Everyone's a yeah, Cubs WGN, fan. everyone's a yeah. uh, Cowboys fan. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh, my cousins and their family were all Braves and Cubs fans, just because that shit was on all the time. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then when I when I moved back, it was uh, all Arizona. Like I've been a Coyotes fan since they got here. Sadly. Yeah. I uh although yeah, I, I remember having the um like the full page Arizona Coyotes thing from the Arizona Republic, like on the back of my door. Yeah. Yeah, their first season. One of the best stories is that uh Shane Doan tells it, but when they came from uh they found out they were moving like a month before they were moving. And so like they came out here on a trip, the whole team was flown out here to be like I guess like to look at real estate and, you know, everyone, this is where you're going to be living next year or whatever. And it's just so funny to hear Shane don't talk about like the difference between Winnipeg <laughs> and Phoenix. Like they came out here in like, like June. I know. I guess they knew a year before something like that. They came out here in the summer. Ugh. If coming from Winnipeg to Phoenix yeah. in the summer, 
and they're like, what the fuck is happening here? Yeah. You know? Um, so it's like, I imagine like Phoenix being founded, like they these, stopped because these they were pioneers exhausted. got out here. Like November is like this fucking awesome. And by the time they're done building shit, it's yeah. June and they're like, this is a huge mistake. Yeah. You were talking about coming from Michigan. My wife also, her family's from Michigan. So they're Red Wings fans and uh, Michigan fans. And uh, they wound up in Arizona just because her dad, they stopped in Prescott and he's like, I'm tired. <laughs> and this is kind of, this is kind of a cool spot. <laughs> we just, so we're now we're going to drive wherever we run out of gas. Yeah. Where so we're now we're live. here. Yeah. It's pretty funny, but uh, yeah. So I've been a Coyotes fan forever. And, and like you were mentioning earlier in the nineties, Phoenix didn't win any championships, but we did have not in baseball, but we did have like a heyday of most teams being good. The Coyotes made the playoffs every year in the '90s. Yeah, the Whiteout. Uh, Suns, I think, were fairly decent in the in the late '90s, but not obviously weren't winning anything. Uh, yeah, I want to say late '90s, early 2000s were kind of a dark time oh, so for the not. Suns. Maybe it's just I was only following. Most were the Starbury years. You know, the best thing about him is he makes those affordable shoes for poor kids. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. It was important to him to make so that kids who couldn't afford Nikes could have sneakers. So he made like a $25 pair of oh, shoes. Good for him. Yeah, you don't hear about it because no one cares no. because they want the hundred and something dollar pair of Nikes. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, but no, the Diamondbacks had just been birthed in 1998. And then they were immediately good from 99 to like oh four oh five yeah some of those players are probably still on the payroll you think Craig they're Cal- probably Craig still Council's, paying Craig randy Council's johnson probably something still getting, yeah still yeah. getting a paycheck what was the name something bell he's probably cashing a check oh i just watched a, a youtube video the other day about um the most expensive home run in major league baseball Ooh, history Luis Gonzalez. no it oh. was jay bells because the diamondbacks did this promotion where with some local business where you pick the player and you pick the inning and if that player hits a grand slam in that inning then the you know whatever the sponsor is pays a million dollars and jay bell did this in the sixth inning of that game i remember being there at that game against the a's but just uh they had some mathematician on on the video right. who was saying, One of the "Yeah, it, it's it's more remote than winning the Powerball." So who got that million dollars? Oh, some lady from. Oh, so you like you had a ticket that matched up. Some with, local lady, uh, yeah. Local yokel, yeah. She probably blew it on smack. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what she said. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I would say. What do you gonna spend this money on? Drugs. <laughs> I'm not telling my family specifically smack. It's like those dudes who win the lottery and they go on like wearing a mask and shit because they don't want their family asking them for money. <laughs> that would be me. Yeah. Let me blow it all on coke and whores. <laughs> all right. So uh, as as tonight is as we're recording this tonight is the Seattle Kraken expansion draft. Mm, uh, if I you, can't think if of you, anything less interesting. If you, oh, I can't wait to watch it. I actually was pissed because. They've been leaking all day because they had to put their list to the NHL this morning. So it's been leaking like a sit. Like I already, know, I already know who we took from the Coyotes. I'm pissed. Or who they took from the Coyotes because I wanted to watch it tonight. Anyways, so that prompted the question. If you moved, would you adopt the local teams to where you moved to or would you keep your previous? And keep in mind, I have no problem with people having multiple teams they support. Yes. 
Um, but but you have to adjust your priority, right? Yeah. It's so a, it's so a slot. It's a it's a right. Top three so if I win. move to Kansas City, yes, I'm going to be rooting for the Chiefs and the Royals. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I but I also am going to want the Diamondbacks and the Suns to do well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to keep obviously you're going to keep the Suns and the Coyotes because if you move to Kansas City, there's no basketball or hockey team. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a good chance it might be the Kansas City Coyotes. And if you move somewhere, you know, Montana or one of the Dakotas or whatever, where right. there's no professional team, then right. it's fair game to just yeah, keep then, whatever then you, you want. Scrap. Like, that's why a lot of, like, uh, uh, a podcast I listened to, the two hosts are in Montana, and someone asked them this question, and they said there's a lot of Seahawks fans there because it's literally the closest NFL team to where they live. Yeah, I suppose. Um, but, yeah, I have no problem supporting multiple teams uh, as long as you have a hierarchy to it, hierarchy, uh, like, like I'm going to, I'm going to, coyotes are being forced out of the Western, uh, the, the Pacific division into the central division because of the Kraken. So I'm going to, I'm going to support the Kraken. I want the Kraken to do well. I love Seattle. I think the name is great. I think yeah, the logo it's great, is great. It's fantastic. Uh, I'm excited for it, but when they play the coyotes, I want the coyotes to win every other game they can win. You know, it's like that, like. But, I mean, there's also teams that I historically hate. Sharks can eat shit. The Ducks, mostly Pacific Division foes. I guess. I always like the Sharks. Fuck the Sharks. They're a franchise that got too good too quickly, and that's why I don't like them. Just like the fucking Golden Knights. They didn't pay their dues. Yeah. I I think they knocked out the Red Wings in the first round in, like, 94 or something. Yeah, the Red like Wings first... were, like, the President's Cup. Yeah, and it would have been like the Sharks' like first season yeah. in the playoffs. It would have been yeah. the first season in the league. Yeah, they came in with the Panthers, right? It was the Sharks and the they're Panthers. One year, or no, they're five years ahead of the Coyotes, so they came in in 90. I think it was the Sharks and the Panthers. Okay. Yeah, and then the yeah. Nordiques were the ones that became the Avalanche. Avalanche. Yeah, right. in like yeah, 96 or whatever. Sure. Patrick Waugh. Waugh? Yeah. Fuck that guy. I was a, Mar- I was a Martin Brodeur guy. Fuck Patrick Waugh. That's why I like the Devils. You were talking earlier about the Devils in like '95 or whatever. Uh, yeah, Patrick yeah, the Wong, Devils or Martin Brodeur is my guy. Brodeur and yeah, uh, yeah. Patrick. Um, it wasn't Eliash then. It was Stevens. Stevens just crushing dudes. Yeah, like everyone's like, oh, they play boring hockey, and I'm like, that big guy just murdered a dude on the ice, and yeah. their goaltender stops and, and professional motherfucker Claude Lemieux came over from the Devils. Yeah, yeah. That guy made a career out of being an asshole. Like a, he's a C level player, but an A plus asshole, which makes him a B plus playoff <laughs> player. Like all you got to do to do good in the playoffs is be under the radar and be an asshole. Does that guy still exist in the NHL? Claude Lemieux. Yeah. Well, not no his type. Uh, Can yeah. you be a Claude Lemieux? Can you be a, yeah, a Todd a, Bertuzzi? There's a player for the uh, Bruins. I can't think of his name, but yeah, he's been known to like kiss dudes. Like when they get pushing or whatever, he'll kiss a dude just to piss him off. <laughs> Or he'll like lick his fingers and touch someone's <laughs> face and shit. What's his name? He's got a pencil. The problem is he's really good too. This Bruins player. It's not Chara, right? No, it's not Char- Chara. Plays for the the Capitals now. Oh. Um. God damn it! What's his name? Yeah, he's got like a, a pencil thin mustache. He, he looks weird. I, I, I was like I was just wondering player. if teams had decided that having an entire roster full of skill players was right. more beneficial. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's not a, there's not a traditional enforcer anymore. Right. In hockey. If, if you can't, if you can't be defensively sound, right. Cause there's, there's dudes on the fourth line who aren't going to score a goal. 
or maybe only score one or two a season. But they got to be defensively sound. They got to be able to play penalty kill. Um, if your only job is, if your only role is to fight, and you can barely skate backwards. That doesn't exist anymore. Okay. Because that, yeah, that's what I was fight. wondering. Like, like Ovechkin will drop the gloves. Like everyone will fight. You know. Yeah, there's no more heavyweights really in hockey though, where they play one shift and that one shift is to right. fuck somebody up. Yeah. But are, are there Eric Lindros types now who are giant and scary, but also super uh, talented? Yeah. Uh, you kind of put me on the spot. I don't know really know if I know that. But I could name players off my – but everyone's like that. Like Keith Kachuk's kids are two of the best players in the league. No, wow. And they're both giants. It, it's, they just haven't grown into their bodies yet, but they're both like big dudes. I can't remember another time in sports where it's all – like it's been the children of former stars who are now the new stars. Right. Like Fernando Tatis Jr., Vlad Guerrero Jr. Right. Didn't they show that at the uh, – Bo Bichette. Yeah. Who's Bo Bichette's dad? Uh, uh Dante Bichette's no. son. Okay. Bo Bichette sounds like a star. <laughs> <laughs> I think Boba Fett's shitty right. brother. Yeah. Yeah, it is funny, though, to have these kids. And it's like, I was telling my brother, because my brother used to babysit for, or, sorry, sorry. My brother used to date Jeremy Roenick's nanny. So he, he's been, so in the 90s, he was, okay. in the 90s, he had been to Jeremy Roenick. He's met Jeremy Roenick. Okay. He's been to Jeremy Roenick's house. He used to have to, like, go to the gate guard and be like, I'm going to see so-and-so at Ronix, uh, that kind of thing. Um, but I was telling him like Keith Kachuk's kids are in the league and my brother's like, holy shit. And I'm like, not only are they in the league, they've been in the league for like four to five years and they're superstars pretty much. I've never heard of them. Yeah. Matthew and uh, Brady, one place for Colorado or one place for Calgary and one place for Ottawa. Um, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, it is weird, but I guess it shouldn't be that weird. I'm in my mid forties. I have a 20, almost 23-year-old. Had he been drafted, it would be his fifth year. He'd be going into his fifth year. <laughs> but I love him. I mean, he's, I mean, he didn't he didn't get in the NHL, you know. I still love my kid. <laughs> Spite. Sure. He played, he, he, he did one, uh, like, camp of hockey. They gave him, like, a little Coyotes thing, and he put on some skates. It's great. Uh, yeah, if I moved, to answer my own question, if I moved, I would definitely adopt those local teams. I would rep all their gear. But when the Coyotes showed up to play the Kraken, if I lived in Seattle, I would wear my Coyotes gear. I think that's appropriate. Yeah. 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 I mean, they're my. So who's your favorite franchise of all time in any sport? Oh, man. Your ride or die franchise. If you had to buy a cap right now, no recency bias, because I want to buy Everton gear, but that's recency bias. <laughs> man, I. The only. The only jersey that I own that I would wear today is a Tigers jersey. Just because it's so sweet? Uh, it is pretty fucking sweet. Um, and I, I think Justin Verlander is probably my favorite Tiger and most might be my most admirable human being of all time. I was going to say, was he your favorite Tiger before he married Kate Upton? Uh, Did he marry Kate Upton before he was a Tiger? No, uh, no. So it's the While power. He was a tiger. It's the power. Despite of... him living in Detroit, she still said yes. Um. Yeah. If I if I'm gonna buy a lid, um. Yeah, it's probably gonna be a tiger set. All right. And who's your? Uh, so for me, it'd be the Coyotes, obviously. Uh, who's your most hated franchise in any sport? Who do you always I, root against? I. 
don't watch hockey anymore, but I still right. fucking hate the Avalanche. All because of Claude Lemieux. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He had, yeah. He, had, he did one. He did some vile shit in one playoff series, and you just can't let it go. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yes, that's a personal thing. I mean, I think just um, as a sports fan, it's easy to hate. The Patriots is easy to hate. The Yankees, right, right, right. But that's sort of a general. You you, you hate the the overachievers. But yeah, personally, it's probably the yeah. Avalanche. I can't think of anybody else. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, it's it's tough because I hate the Sharks, but I'm gonna, still going to go with the Dallas Stars because Darian Hatcher broke Jeremy Roenick's jaw and cost us a playoff series win. That could have been our year. I think it was 97, 98. Could have been our year. I was at the game. I've told the story again before. I was at. I almost spilled my water. I was at Game Seven when Jeremy Roenick came back with his Darth Vader mask. On. <laughs> right. And I was in the stands. I got super hammered. Some dude was yelling at us to stop cussing. Some some jerk off came with his like eight year old kid to Game Seven of a playoffs of a whiteout series. And me and my buddy, who ironically enough is my wife's ex fiance, we're sitting there at that current time they were dating, but and we're just like we're motherfucking Darian Hatcher every time he touches the puck. Fuck the stars because after the stars had previously won a a, a cup that was. Has an yeah. asterisk next to it, right? So fuck them yeah, for beat that. Dominic Hasek and, and the yeah, Sabers. Fuck them, yeah. and, and and I was a Sabre. callback. I think Danny Breer might have been on the Sabers at that point. He I don't might think not have been so. on the Coyotes. Was no. that, he was still on the Coyotes. I I, I don't oh, think wait, he no, was no, even no. on the Coyotes yet. He was not a thing. Oh, uh, maybe not. Oh, it was uh, Satan, Satan, Satan. Yeah, he was the big Sabers guy. But yeah, I was all the Sabers guy, and this was before all this. I just. That playoff series, I just, that Stanley Cup final, I decided I want the Sabres to win. Mm. And then that shit happened with Brett Hull's skate. And then uh, so Buffalo, anyways, I'm, I'm already, always the bridesmaid. That's right. That's right. Uh, all, you know, always just getting like plowed late at night when they're drunk, but never like, getting, never, you know, never becoming a champ. Uh, so many dresses in the closet. But uh, so I'm, I'm a, I was already against the stars, and then Darian Hatcher shattered Jeremy Roenick's jaw on a dirty hit. Uh, so yeah, fuck the Dallas Stars forever. And everyone's like, "How can you hate Mike Madonna?" Well, he was a captain oh, of the Stars. Madonna. So I fuck Mike Madonna too. Yeah. Does he still hold the record? Is he still the number one goal scorer for American-born players? Uh, if he is, he's gonna lose it to. Uh, or Taves or Kane, one of the one of them is American. I think it's Taves. He's gonna lose it at some point mm. to that guy. But but no, that's exactly the same as the Avalanche, though. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah. All right. What's your favorite sports movie as we get ready to wrap? Oh, favorite sports movie. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like I just saw something recently that was sports related. Maybe it was Moneyball. That's on a lot of top ten lists. I don't know why. I've never um, seen it. It seems boring as fuck to me. It's I, I don't know. It feels very matter of fact and kind of. Yeah. And I want my day Jonah, in the life. I want my Jonah Hill movies. To I be. I think as a, as a narrative, as a movie, it doesn't work. Right. There's nothing going on. The story behind it's great though. Um, and if I were Billy Bean, if, uh, until the day I die, I would be telling. Everybody I met that Brad Pitt played me in a movie. Well, you're saying he doesn't, it wasn't a physical resemblance? I don't think he looks like Brad Pitt, no. 
Does he look like Brad Pitt the way I look like Brad Pitt? <laughs> oh, good sports movies. Uh, Let me give you a second to think about it, and I'll say mine. I, you know, one of the movies that's becoming a movie that I just watch whenever it's on is Ford versus Ferrari. It's a good movie. Um, Christian Bale is... He, he may be a chode of the nth degree, but... I think he's watchable and everything. He was the best part of the big short. Okay, so it all comes around to the big short. This is like an advertisement for the for a movie that won an Oscar like a decade ago. Yeah, go go, go watch it. <laughs> I guess yeah, maybe well, if you Ford want to be versus, angry. Ford versus Ferrari also has the benefit of just being a really well made film. Uh, yeah, it's a James Mangold movie. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, oh man, sports movies. Oh. Um, Field of Dreams, it's great. I read a theory on that. Going a theory. To, well, you know, uh, we did an abandoned show right. about movie, the lost episode. movie theories, yeah. the lost episode. Uh, so there's one about that, and it's that James Earl Jones is James Earl Jones is a ghost the whole time. Right. That's, That's why he can go into the cornfield. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so I didn't pull your mind no, with that. No, you didn't pull my mind. Sorry, with that. you didn't bring it up on your list. Uh, yeah. I mean, baseball movies are always pretty good. Um, as a kid, I was a fan of The Natural, but it doesn't, hold, the up. Natural, it doesn't hold up as sure. much as an adult. But um, he had his own bat with a lightning bolt carved in it. Yeah, that's for an older generation. Yeah. Oh, um, wait, wait, what are you saying? Bull Durham. It's got to be Bull Durham. Okay. Yeah. Susan Sarandon. Susan thing? Sarandon, another Kevin Cosner movie. Um, but, yeah. Um, she's great in it. Uh What's his fucking Tim face? Robbins. Who did we just say? Tim Robbins is great. Kevin Costner is just Kevin Costner and everything. Yeah. But yeah. But he's good. No, Tim Robbins is great. Oh, speaking of, okay. Kevin Costner going through this rabbit hole this morning. Yeah. I was trying to find sports movies fan theories. Right. They don't really exist. But apparently there was a game after uh, Cal Ripken, like 200 games after Cal Ripken set the Ironman record. Okay. There was a, a game at uh, Oriole Park. Where right before the game happened, it, there was a power outage and they postponed the game for like a it was canceled or okay. you know whatever. And they're saying that it was done on purpose to keep his streak alive because he wasn't able to play because he had been punched by Kevin Costner. <laughs> I did not research why Kevin Costner would have punched Cal Ripken, and then all other theories are like, well, Cal Ripken was in the dugout when the power went out, so it's like. He would have had to been in on it had this happened to keep his streak alive. But the line, the line was written that I read. It's because he was punched by Kevin Costner. So research that, kids. <laughs> um, so for me, no no surprise, it's Miracle. Oh, wow. I love that. I love that story. I love that movie. Wow. Okay. Just, just Kurt Russell yelling, again, again, again. And the guy is having to do the skates. I've never seen it. You've never seen Miracle? I've never seen it. It is the best. So... If I was ever going to coach again, I coached youth soccer, my kids' team. Uh, one season we went undefeated. One season we went totally defeated. <laughs> Two different kids, though. I'm not going to say which. I'm not going to put them on blast. <laughs> but uh, but that that's a great uh, – the thing I like about that is uh, Unite – I was telling the story last weekend. I used to punish – we were talking about best uh, – punishments that work best with our kids. I was telling my, my, my buddy this last weekend, and I was like – there was like a month where I had this rule where if one kid fucked up, all three kids got punished. 
So if one kid did something wrong, all three kids stood in a corner. All three kids lost mm. something, you know? So and they it, police themselves. Police themselves. And it worked great for like a month, but then that's so much upkeep. That's so much work. Yeah. Uh, and I couldn't just, I couldn't be bothered to parent that way. Um, so, but that's kind of the, this team became a team because he made them hate him. Mm. And so they, they, common coalesced, enemy. they coalesced towards a common enemy. It's like Watchmen. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly Maybe that's where like, he got the idea. Exactly like Watchmen. Okay. All right. Any other sports talk? Uh, and I and I hope the first no, fifteen minutes I, of this I, recorded. I, 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 I have there are a handful of movies I have not seen. Probably most of them. I've I never seen Miracle. seen Miracle. I never. I've never seen Slapshot. Well, I've you never have seen Disney Plus. You could watch Miracle. Tonight. I don't want to watch Miracle. Um, it is the greatest sporting. I barely achievement care of all about time. pro hockey, amateur it is the hockey. Greatest sporting achievement of all time. Sure, it's like a bunch of college dipshits playing the greatest hockey team of all time. Uh, I, I have never seen the rookie yeah. with, I believe, with Kevin Cosner, where he plays a Tigers player. Yes, as a veteran player. He, so he's like Bull he, Durham. He's like an he's an old guy that right. finally makes the majors. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, if he doesn't kill a bird with uh, his fastball, I don't give a shit. There was that um, uh, Clint Eastwood movie, a newer movie, The Trouble with the Curve or whatever. Uh, Amy Adams, I think. You're losing me. Just reason yeah. enough to watch it. What the fuck is wrong with uh, I, I probably haven't seen most of them. We should have a psychotherapist on with us and just do therapy. Uh, my favorite hockey movie is probably Happy Gilmore. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah. Shooter McGavin. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that. I, he was. He was most recently in several episodes of Hacks, and that's all I thought of when yes. he was on screen. Yeah. yeah. Did you like Hacks? It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. It was, it was cute. Fine. It was good. Cute. I said cute. Now, see, now I'm being a misogynist. Like, oh, it's cute because it's women. It was a good show. And Jean Smart continues the best career resurgence of anyone yeah, I've ever. it was fine. She's fantastic. Fargo season three. Or um, season two. Sure, yeah. Season, Again, Watchmen. Yeah. Yeah, and season three. Yeah. Fargo season three to see uh, Mew and uh, Ewan McGregor. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, um, I, I I don't usually go for sports movies. No, I don't watch them either. But um, there's no laser beams or spaceships or capes. <laughs> so what's the fucking? That's point? right. What's the point? Yeah, what's the point? <laughs> because they're all, most of them are based on true stories, which you already know the outcome to. Right. Yeah. Like I said, I was watching Hoosiers at the gym to wrap all this up. I was watching Hoosiers at the gym. And it was boring as fuck. And that movie is supposed to be a classic. And it was Snoozeville. I, I remember my dad really liking it, yeah. but I don't think I've ever seen it all yeah. the way through. Sounds sounds like your dad, yeah. who I've yeah. never met. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about Flying Bassett Brewing for a second. Oh, it's good. You yeah. had uh, you had a ghost. You had a ghost. I started. Yeah. <laughs> I started with yes the. Blackberry Sour Ale, the 6.2%. Uh, and I enjoyed it a lot. And I moved on to the Prickly Pear Goose, which is a 4.8%. Um, and uh, I, I would say living out here for as long as I have, I've probably had uh, an embarrassingly low number of 
prickly pear flavored things. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I feel like it's mostly sort of a tourist sort of kitschy thing. But I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I like both. I, I, I went for the sour end on both of them. I found them to be pleasant. And I would have them again. There for sure. Go. Fours. Uh, yeah, I don't know with my IPA. I just asked for an IPA. Did I ask for a juicy or a hazy? I think, I think you I went said, the hazy. I think I said hazy. Okay. So lazy, hazy, uh, 6.2%. Uh, great. Fantastic. I loved it. Um, and then the, uh, the fucking Catalina beer mixer, which I get. There's probably a lot of breweries that have a beer named this just to get to get the name in, but it's great. Uh, $5, oh, wait, that's the price, uh, 5.5%, uh, cold brew brown ale. I dug both of them so much. Yeah, I'd give them four and a half. Oh, good. Um, yeah. This um, is a good brewery. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm impressed. I liked Oro. I like this. We've yeah. done previous shows at other places. I don't know. Should I? No, we don't have like to call them out by name. Okay. But I will say, um, I will say this in Oro or at the top. But I, I think we're on a two-episode winning streak yeah. when it comes to local places. Yeah. Yeah, we need more local places to uh, let us in. Yeah. Quote, unquote. <laughs> I don't know what well, that means. The, 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 there's one other outstanding invitation for uh, maybe we'll do that one in September. Um, but it is not a... A brewery per se it is a bar mm. um but yeah we're always reaching out uh, august is going to be a little weird i don't know if because because we have acme in august so we probably won't do a live show in, or a show together in august but unless we do it that weekend anyways now I'm mumbling uh yeah great brewery check it out flying back at gilbert arizona if you live in the area pick up some cans to go swing by totes uh all day sunday happy hour thumbs up wrong. uh all right scott Send us home. Uh, Sports themed episode. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Just go out there and give it 110%, everybody. That's right. It doesn't matter if you win or lose, as long as you become better men playing the game. Right. If you had fun, you won. <laughs>